planner is not a planner unless it is a well-planned planner. The well-planned gal, Rebecca Ferris, is a homeschool mom who has a gift, and she shares her talents with us in her planner series. A few of the amazing planners available are the well-planned day, student planners, and even a high school four-year planner. The newest planner is the well-planned prayer planner with an all-in-one planner and organizer. Organize your day with a focus on placing God first. Journaling 101 as well as scripture verses permeate this beautiful book. Take it everywhere and you will have all the information you need at your fingertips. Best of all, it becomes a keepsake and a wonderful guide for making prayer a priority. This journal is truly life-changing. Visit wellplannedgal.com for more information. This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Hedgewa.com, creators of the Well-Planned Day Planner. Hey, this is Fletch, and on this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, Kendra and I get real about the topic of money. And who better to turn to when we're talking about money and homeschooling than our own Carol Top from the Dollars and Cents radio show. Carol is a homeschool mom, she's an accountant, and we asked her the very tough question, what do you do when a homeschooler tells you, you know, we just can't afford to homeschool anymore? So if somebody came to me and said, I cannot financially homeschool my kids, my answer is usually something very clinical like, well, let's look at the numbers. But you know what, that doesn't usually solve their problem. <laughs> and, and usually it's, um, it's, it's a, it's, you know, it ends up being a spiritual battle like most things in our lives. Financial battles, spiritual battles, hope shifting, all the things you've come to enjoy from homeschooling in real life. We're going to talk about those things today. What do we do when the budget doesn't seem to line up with how we want to homeschool? On today's show, episode 62, Can We Afford to Homeschool? This is Homeschooling in Real Life. To go. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And we want to welcome you to episode 62 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, Can We Afford to Homeschool? You know, this episode is being developed because of a listener that wrote in and asked us about the cost of homeschooling. And actually just wanted to remind us that not every homeschooler who is burned out can afford to do things that are exciting because homeschooling can be expensive. Oh yeah, and you know what? We are older. We're we're old homeschooling parents, and so we're a little more financially stable than some of our listeners. But there was a time, Fletch, when we started homeschooling, there was not a lot of money. Hey, uh, along the way, if our voices sound funny today, that's because we're not in our home studio. Homeschooling in real life is on the road. 
We are in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, we're dropping off uh, boy number two at school. So we've had just a crazy adventure. It took us over 12 hours to drive here yesterday in the (laughs) middle of California deserts, Arizona deserts. There's a major highway that's been uh, blown out because of the uh, flash flooding a couple weeks ago. So we decided to go a new way. You think, okay, well, we're going to go this other route. It'll only add an hour. But that last hour, (laughs) dang, we could have been there. Oh, man, it was horrible. But, you know, along the way, we were picking up our email, and and one of the emails we got was from a listener named Kelsey, who wrote in to us to say, okay, I just heard my first podcast. I'm hooked. So, Kelsey, we're wondering, what was that first podcast you listened to? What was it that hooked you to homeschooling in real life? I'm curious. She went on to say that she's a homeschooler, a, you know, she's a homeschool grad, but now that she's homeschooling her own kids... Um, yeah, suddenly she wonders how it was so easy for her mom, <laughs> Yeah, it's not. So she says, hey, your podcast is full of practical advice, it's just down to earth, no pressure, no here is the perfect way. Man, nope. if there's one thing you're going to hear from us is there is no <laughs> perfect way. Um, but it's filled with grace and laughter, and after just one episode, I feel like I can make it on the other side of homeschooling as the teacher. Yay! Yay. So, Kelsey, you know what? We are encouraged by you writing into us, and that goes the same for the rest of our listeners. If you want to write into us, you can write into us at info at homeschoolingirl.com. But, Kenj, we're sitting here in a hotel, and there's no boys with us, and we're looking at just a pigsty of a room. <laughs> okay, and then the other funny thing is, so you and I go down to the pool this morning, right? And it's this very busy pool because it's like it's either golf or pools in Phoenix. I think those are the two activities um, in July or August. So I'm sitting there and um, there's a little kerfuffle at the pool. Yeah. And so I had been up in the room and then I came down, got in the pool and you left. I was there with the boys and that kerfuffle extended up to these people's room and they had the door open and they were dropping F-bombs at each other. I mean, they were like screaming at each other. Yeah, and seriously, this was like the, you know, mom did the and wrong thing. we're in a nice hotel. To, oh, We're in goodness. a nice hotel, so it's not like we're yeah, in no, a, it's, we're, we're not, not in a motel on the side of Route 66. <laughs> I mean, we're staying right on a golf course in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> But here's the funny part. After all this screaming, what am I reading? Yeah, which I just thought this was so ironic because Fletch had right there on the pool chair uh, Barrett and Jennifer Johnson's new book. You guys know if you've listened to Homeschooling in Real Life for a while that um, we love the Johnsons and their ministry, which is Info for Families. And his book is called, or their book is called Your Imperfect and Normal Family. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're reading this yep. crazy, uh, or we're watching this crazy situation. I'm like, yeah, there's an imperfect family right up there. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what we had today. So we are excited for this episode. We have Carol Top coming on in a few minutes uh, to talk with us. Uh, but before we get there, let's stop and just have a quick commercial up from our friends over at Hedgewa. You know, we are really excited to be working with Hedgewa, the Home Educating Family Association. You know, when Kendra and I work with a company and advertise for them, we want to know more about them and their products than just a name. One of the things I've loved about Hedgewa is that the entire company seems to be made up of homeschool moms who really know their product as well as their customers. You know, I like to poke behind the scenes and find out just who is behind Hedgewa. And I found that when I had a chance recently to go online and meet with their customer service manager, 
once again, she's not only a homeschool mom, but she's a homeschool grad. Um, my name is Tisha Priest. I live in Maine, and um, I'm a second-generation homeschooler. My mom homeschooled me starting in junior high, going through high school. My husband and I, when we were dating, talked about homeschooling and decided that we thought that was the best option for us should we have any children. So here I am, 16 years later, homeschooling four kids. And how do you fit into the Hedgewa family? Well, I started out um, writing some reviews for Hedgewa a few years ago, and I've done some writing for their blog and the magazine. And then when they asked me if I would be interested in taking over their customer service, the chance to actually work for a company whose products I absolutely loved myself was just, it, it was so exciting. I was, I was thrilled for the chance. You know, a lot of companies track how they do things well. But since I had the customer service manager on a Skype call, I thought it would be fun to ask her just how she handles things when they don't go so well. You have to be on the front lines of people asking questions or confused about products or, you know, a magazine didn't show up at the right time or the, there's some problem. Um, uh, tell me, what is your approach to dealing with customers? First of all, I always want to come across as being friendly and helpful because that, that's what I love about doing customer service is I love being able to help people and give them a good experience because Hedgewood's products are so great that I want their, their experience dealing with customer service to be just as good as our products are. We've loved working with Hedgewa and we think the people working behind the scenes are just wonderful there. But you know, if they gave me access to their employees, they should have known that I was also going to ask some very real questions. He said, homeschooling in real life, we talk about real life issues. Are homeschoolers easy to deal with or are they crazy? Most, most people honestly are wonderful to deal with and are very reasonable. You know, I mean, sometimes people will be upset because something got messed up, but you know, most people are very easy to deal with and are, are happy to, to work with us. When you are dealing with the public, it doesn't matter what demographic, you're always occasionally going to wind up having to deal with someone who, who's a little bit difficult, (laughs) but but, you know, for the most part, um, dealing with the, our customers is, is a good experience, you know, and, and I greatly enjoy it. And <laughs> All right. So we're not an overtly crazy crowd, then, the homeschooling. Not people. typically, no. <laughs> All right, hurlers, in the show notes on this episode, we want you to click through to Hedgewa.com. That's the Home Educating Family Association, Hedgewa.com, H-E-D-U-A.com. Got plenty of nothing, and nothing's plenty for me. I got no car. All right, so that was uh, your song choice, Kendra, from Porgy and Bess. I know. Me, and me high the school Broadway friend. Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of a cool fact if you didn't know. I um, actually grew up elementary school and junior high high school with Audra McDonald, who's a, I think she's like a six-time Tony winner now. She's amazing. Yeah. So how are we, you know, that's, we're talking about money, but we have a little story to introduce you to this one. We've been uh, on this road trip with our, our two sons, one's 20 and one's almost 18. And uh, our 20-year-old has wanted to introduce us to all of his very cool places here in Phoenix because, yes. you know, he knows the place. Right. Except somehow we ended up at Chick-fil-A for lunch, which is not 
exclusively Phoenix, as we all know. Yeah. And we're sitting there, and they're talking about what they're going to do tonight because they're going out with some of Nate's buddies tonight here in Phoenix. So you and I get a date. But they're sitting there, and, you know, our 17-year-old's here with us also, and he's like, I have no money. <laughs> yeah, he's broke. So <laughs> he's, to dinner. He's, his big brother said, you better give him some money because I'm not paying for him. So Did he really? Yeah, that's what he told me. He said, you better give Jack some money because I'm not paying for him, which... Which is great. Classic big brother move. Uh So, you know, we're talking about this idea. We had shared in a previous episode about burnout um, some ideas that we had. And we we weren't, you know, inherently saying anything that was, you know, spend money on this, you know, make sure you do this. But we talked about me time. Mm -hmm. We talked about taking time for yourselves. And we got an email from one of our listeners. All right. Her name was Jackie. And when she wrote in to us, she was talking to us about the me time. And one of the things she said was that this, and I'll just read what she wrote. One thing that stuck out to me is when you were discussing the practical side of avoiding burnout, there really are families that cannot afford to find time to get away. Dad has to work the long hours to pay the bills, and Mom is scraping together every last cent to buy groceries. Granted, most people may find themselves only in this position for a short time, but it does happen. Now, she goes on to share her own story. So that is a very true thing, and we thought it would be a good idea to hit this topic. Yes. So we invited Carol Top back. Carol's been on an episode with us before talking about finances. But, you know, what? one thing we love about Carol, she is so real also. And she has walked this path of homeschooling. She's a CPA. She helps homeschool businesses and uh, organizations do their finances. She just gets it. Yeah, and you know we like having her on also because um, we like her and she's fun. Yeah. <laughs> she understands who we are. But before we get to hers, you know, let's just talk through this just a little bit more and maybe share um, a little bit of kind of where we're coming from, just to kind of back up Jackie here. That you know we're not just recommending, you know, throwing caution to the wind and hey, you know, what you need to do when you're burned out. Go, go spend on a spending, money. yeah. Right. Don't go on a spending spree, but right. you know. But this idea that if you can find it in your budget, if you can move some things around, and I'm sorry, I'm going to come down hard again on the dads. And I think I said this with Carol um, in the interview. I, I don't remember everything we said, but uh, when we play it, we'll listen again. Is that you know, dads, you need to loosen up some of the purse strings on the budget, and you need to maybe give up some of your things, uh, some of the expenses that you find necessary so that your wife can have a break. I mean, give me a break. This is her full-time job, and we just need to do that. Now, I get also where Jackie's coming from, so let's affirm this. We understand it doesn't even have to be hardships. Everyday life can be a real struggle. Absolutely, and we were just talking about this in terms of taxes. Pretty funny um, when our son is telling us that, man, I get my paycheck and it says, you know, gross value is $1,100. And he goes, I walk away with $850. Yeah, yeah, that's reality. Welcome to the club, pal. Yeah, and that is the reality. And it's a hard reality of living uh, in this time in in our country and other countries as well. You know, that's exactly what Carol says. I mean, listen for that when we ask her what's the reason Mm -hmm. why it is becoming increasingly difficult for families to afford life. Yeah, I'm not going to pop the bubble. She can, she, I'm not going to pop the surprise. She'll, she'll be able to tell you what that was. Um, you know, I can remember though a story when we first started homeschooling, um, we were homeschooling with a couple families near us and one of the families, the dad lost his job mm-hmm. and I do remember he was working and then he also picked up a paper out. Yes, he did. To just put food on the table. Right. So this is a very 
real issue. And, you know, sometimes just hearing, um, hey, you know, pinch a little here, give a little there. Uh, one of the things Jackie went on to say, and this is the last thing I want to talk about before we get Carol on, were some of the creative ways that she had come up with finding the me time. And in her email, do you remember what she said? Yeah, Jackie said she had a, an inexpensive hobby. And so, you know, that was something that she could do. She would take this acoustic guitar that she had, an old beat-up one from her college days, and she'd pull it out when her daughters were playing outside, and she would just sit alone and sing and play her guitar, and it was very therapeutic to her. And the other was just having playdates at her house at least once a week. So everybody brought their own snacks, you know, because that, be, that can be hard, Fletch. I know this from kids bringing friends over. All of a sudden I'm thinking, man, I just spent 30 bucks on chips and soda and something like so that's hard too but you know if you say hey byo and come on over and let the kids play then she could have time to talk to grown-ups as well so as a homeschool mom ken do you remember doing anything like this in creative ways or any of your girlfriends use creative ways to uh, just find me time? Oh, yeah. I don't think it takes money either. You know, I remember back then scrapbooking was a big thing. And so uh, we'd go together, you know, in the evening, some friends or something. We'd have some scrapbooking night. And again, same kind of thing where you just sort of pool your resources and um, just spend time together. I noticed that the air conditioning in the hotel room went on in the background while you were talking. Yeah. That is the cost of being on the road. This is Phoenix also. Yeah, so you guys <laughs> have to put up with that. Um, you know, one other thing I was thinking about was that when we first started homeschooling, social media was not around. True. And so many homeschool moms maybe have a thing against social media because it can be a time waster and a time sucker. Yeah. But used well. It's also a point of contact where you can actually be in contact with friends, with people from church, with organizing uh, events. Mm -hmm. But um, it reminds me of uh, uh, missionaries that are on the road that say, you know, I really felt I was in contact with our sending church and and people from back home because we had social media. Yes, and, you know, um, that reminds me also of one of our hurlers, Michelle White, um, who... Often, I will see on her Facebook page, she just says, hey, my husband's gone tonight. Anybody want to come over for a chick flick? You know, we'll let the kids play. We can put them down, whatever. Um, you know, bring your own stuff. Yeah, this <laughs> week she was... It costs it, no money. Yeah, this week it was ping pong. Anybody yeah. want to come play ping pong? And I remember thinking to myself, like, it's Fresno. Are you kidding me? It's like, you know... <laughs> yeah, Fresno's like Phoenix. Fresno is like on the way to Phoenix, and then the next step is hell. Yeah. But I said, um, I was saying, it's so, so hot. And she said, well, we know it's hot. We're going to bring the ping pong table inside. That's one thing I love about our, our listener, Michelle. And, Michelle, there's a shout-out for you. Um, she's willing to really go out of the way to have people over and... She doesn't get tied up with anything other than the fellowship part. Yeah, I think maybe they clear stuff off their couch so there's a place to sit and make sure the bathrooms are clean, and that's it. There's nothing fancy. It's just really great, real hospitality. You know, actually, um, I saw another one on Facebook uh, by a friend of mine named Brandy, who's also a friend of Michelle's. I think these girls are in cahoots to really do hospitality well because they had a bunch of people over. Um, and they do this often, and they had a salsa contest. So, you know, like, how, yeah. how hard is that? Let's make some salsa, and we'll provide the chips, and everybody right come on over, yeah. and, you know, we're going to have fun together as families. Nothing fancy, nothing expensive. If you're going to feed your own family, you can say, you know, bring your stuff over, and we'll share, and, and that's free. Yeah, it could be right out of the garden. That's what I was going to say there a second ago. Just, you know, that, that stuff you can just be plucking. Um, you know, a couple other ideas uh, that I saw online was to have your husband go grab a, at the hardware store, buy about 50 feet of plastic tarp, put a hose on it, 
You have a slip and slide. Yay. That's what it is. That's right. Uh, put some soap on it. You have a slippery slip and slide. It's and, and baths kids, are done. Yeah, the kids are clean. Yeah. All right. You know, it is really fun to hear us. I'm sure people out there are just loving mm. this part. Um, but let's get Carol on and listen to our interview that we had with her. It's a great interview. So we are on the phone with our favorite homeschooling podcaster and financial accounting guru, Carol Top. Carol, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life. Hi, I'm laughing at your introduction, financial guru. I'm just a CPA. That's all I am. <laughs> well, when you're With a, a lot of wisdom. Yeah, when you're a dentist, uh, being a CPA makes you a financial guru in my book. So uh, so thanks for joining us. We are on the topic of homeschooling and finances and how sometimes uh, it can be a financial burden. We've talked about this already in our intro, but I just want to repeat it again for you. We had a a message from a listener who was um, asking us some questions uh, about homeschooling and burnout, and we had shared some ideas about you know, getting out of the house, uh, taking breaks. And she said, hey, there's times where families cannot afford to get away because dad's working long hours to pay the bills and mom's scraping everything together uh, every last cent just to buy groceries. So this idea of a financial burden, is this a real topic we should be talking about? Well, of course. I mean, homeschooling usually requires uh, one person to stay home with the kids. Therefore, it's not usually a dual-income family. I mean, there are creative ways to earn money from home and all that, but, boy, that just adds more stress to a family when when the homeschooling parent, who's usually mom, is now trying to homeschool the kids and generate income to make up for what she's not earning outside the home. Yeah, a tremendous amount of stress. So homeschooling, though, has been going on for... 30, I don't know, 40 years. I don't know how many years it's been since we've started. So this is not a new theory, though, right? Well, you know, I read something really interesting about why are families struggling so much more now? Why is the dual-income family almost required? And you know what they said, Fletch? It wasn't necessarily that prices have gone up, although they have. It has to do with taxes, that the tax burden is so much larger today than it used to be on families. Isn't that amazing? And as a CPA, I'm not in my head thinking, oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, and there's not a whole lot we can do about that, so we do the best we can by scraping and pinching every penny and looking for bargains and finding other sources of income, you know, working part-time, working from home, dual, dual work, you know, dual parents working. So this is kind of a, a real current issue then, and that's, I'm glad we're talking about it then. Because a lot of people, I would not want anybody to go into homeschooling uh, with rose-colored glasses thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm saving money on private school, which might, might have been their other option, and yeah. now I'm going to homeschool at home. Oh, everything's going to be peachy keen. So, well, you know, think- it's definitely, definitely cheaper than private school, definitely. So, yeah, so from where you're coming from, I mean, some parents start homeschooling and, and end up with more cash because... You know, they're private, paying that private tuition bill. But, yeah, most of us don't feel like we're drowning in excess cash sitting around. <laughs> yeah. And you want to jump That's in on something? Well, I was just thinking um, it can be very inexpensive in the early years in particular. You know, I mean, there's so much free available online and so many resources now, particularly uh, in 2015, as opposed to when we began, you know, back in the early 90s. But 
uh, you hit high school years, and it can become very expensive. <laughs> so yes, it does. Even if even if you're able to tackle subjects like you know upper level math and science yourself, which which I did. I mean, I have an engineering degree. I tackled math and science at home. The textbooks are expensive, but a lot of times you need someone a tutor or or a co op class or something to tackle those harder subjects. I had to hire Spanish tutors because I don't know a lick of Spanish. It gets very much more expensive at those high school years. It can be done, but but you really do start being concerned about the academic quality at at the high school level if you scrape and pinch and try to do things with just free resources. That is something I think for some of our um, younger or you know newer homeschooling listeners to keep in mind that um, you know if, I, we just don't want it to come around and and shock you, <laughs> you know, once you hit senior high high school and you want to give them a really quality education. Well, this is one of the reasons I wanted to have Carol on, uh, Kendra, because over the years that we've listened to her on her podcast and just in conversation, uh, it's clear to me that she's a homeschooler like us, that um, we actually have a goal at the end. Our goal is to educate our kids, and we want to do a decent job at that. And just just throwing up your hands and saying, well... um, I can't afford this, so I'm not going to do this, uh, and, and so education mm-hmm. suffers. Um, that's a very real topic. I mean, we, we should probably approach that and say, hey, um, gang, we're homeschoolers. We have a goal here, and that's to raise educated kids, and there's yeah. a cost sometimes. So I, I, I appreciate you saying that, hey, sometimes it's going it, to – it might cost a little money to get the – the tutor you need if you can't do it. I mean, let's admit that we can't right. do something. Right. Um, I don't want to throw you under the bus. I promised you I'd ask this question. <laughs> um, yep. Is there a time, uh, Carol, when the financial burden is too hard and parents in a season should say maybe homeschooling is not the option? Well, oh, boy, that's a toughie, isn't it? Because, of course, um, homeschooling is not um, – not a requirement for for faith or for salvation or for even good parenting. Okay, let's put that right out there. So it's a wonderful option. I'm glad I had the opportunity to homeschool my kids. But I'm a CPA, and I solve problems by looking at the numbers. So if somebody came to me and said, I cannot financially homeschool my kids, my answer is usually something very clinical like, well, let's look at the numbers. But you know what? That doesn't usually solve their problem. <laughs> and, and usually it's, um, it's it's uh, it, you know it ends up being a spiritual battle like most things in our lives. Um, I, I've done financial counseling, you know, through my church when my pastor wants me to talk to somebody, and a lot of times I'll get out that budget and I'll say, "Let's just fix your budget. I'm going to fix this problem with numbers." And usually, it's not fixed with numbers. To be perfectly blunt, it's fixed with usually people having a different a different spirit about understanding their stewardship. Okay, and all that to say that sometimes, yes, it is perfectly understandable that for a financial crisis and probably more for a health crisis, um, for and Kendra, probably more a health crisis, someone may need to go on hiatus from homeschooling. But definitely a financial crisis might also mean you have to go on hiatus from homeschooling. It's like okay. the, the spirit of homeschooling in real life right there. Um, yeah. uh, Ken, anything follow-up on that, or do you want to head down some... 
ideas. No, I think I know. I was just listening to her, thinking, man. I mean, we're not in financial trouble, but we should really take a hard look at where our hearts are and our finances. <laughs> so thanks, Carol. I'm sure such love that <laughs> that I was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and you know, we we just like to solve problems, right? And sometimes the problem we're trying to solve is is not again the numbers or the inflow or the outflow. It is really a hard attitude. And I'm not going to point any fingers at anybody. I, that, I'm not not what I'm saying. You know, you must have a heart problem if you don't want to homeschool. You, you're school <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I don't want to put that burden on anybody. Um, that's why I ended up saying, yes. Yeah, sometimes you got to go and hate it. Sometimes you got to stop doing these things. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's look at it from a numbers practical standpoint. Um, let's try and give some solutions. Uh, this listener wrote in and had actually shared some ideas, um, and, and I'm sure we all know them, from you know free resources, free online workbooks. Uh, Kendra can jump in here on the Mango Languages thing and talk about that again. Uh, but two of her solutions were... Uh, making sure to bring friends over and have a cheap hobby. Do you have any other suggestions, Carol, in the financial burden realm? Yeah, you know what I really liked is she was really more addressing um, how to reduce the stress. It's sort of like admitting, yes, the financial burden is there. How can I reduce the stress in my life because of the financial burden? So, yeah, there's all that practical stuff, like try to find freebies and stuff. But I'm going to – I've got got two things – well, let's just, let's just do one. I've got, I've got at least one thing from Ephesians 6, uh, the armor of God, to help us fight the schemes of the devil, which, which are the stress and the discouragement and the hopeless feeling that sometimes happens with financial stress. And, and it's the belt of truth, and we don't like to face it, but a lot of times uh, this is where I say I do financial counseling, and I have to lay out with people the real numbers in front of them and say, okay, where are you spending your money what can you cut? And the number one thing I like to get people to cut, and it hurts, it's cable television. And the oh. second thing is the data plan on your cell phone. And those things hurt, but they're terribly expensive. <laughs> and and um, so this is where truth just comes in and says, here's the truth. I'm spending a lot of money on my data package or my entertainment, which is, you know, my my cable TV and, and you know what? I can live without those things. I really can. And your life might be better. Uh, Kendra? Yes. Um, so, you know, we, we cut our digital television uh, thing right before all the major tennis matches, and I've heard no end to this. <laughs> um, but I'm just following Carol's advice. Well, um, the World you. Series no, is coming, and I'm not really sure how I'm going to cope. <laughs> I, I, also, I also want to thank Carol for not bringing up the sacred tithing to the coffee budget. So thank you, Carol, yeah. for not mentioning coffee. Everybody has their own addictions. We don't like to admit. That, we don't like to give up. That's a belt of truth I don't want to undo. Yeah, sorry, so, uh, sorry. Well, that was like me, like me whacking you with a belt of truth rather than putting on the belt of truth. Um, I think, uh, you know, anytime we're talking about finances or, you know, financial burdens, that I think that point you're saying, of, let's start with what you're doing now. And I, yeah. I believe a lot of people don't do that because I, you know, in my history of financial management or mismanagement, um, that idea of being truthful with where you are right now can probably solve 
most of the problems. It, it is it is the financial equivalent of giving on the scale, <laughs> facing the truth. You know, um, you can always go buy bigger clothes, but the numbers don't lie. And and you know, I've I've also done some uh, group leadership for Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, and he has the participants list what they owe. And a lot of times, these folks are in debt. You know, a lot of times, and they don't like to face it. And I remember one time leading a discussion, and this woman had to list all the credit cards. Fletching Kendra, you would not believe her credit card list of credit cards went down one side of the paper and halfway down the other. She had a column and a half. <sighs> Man, it's like thirteen okay. credit cards. Yeah. It was crazy. And I'm shaking. Most of them were for her husband. <laughs> And like she, she, she secretly she didn't want to admit it to herself. She showed it to me in secret. That's how embarrassed she was about facing the truth about her financial situation. Crazy, sad, sad. Well, that is a very real thing. I know even uh, part of my own testimony is um, uh, living in a fear of seeing a bottom line uh, because for some reason, and this is where hope shifting comes into it because uh, we mentioned that every episode. Seeing a bottom line, for some reason, as a you know a man doing business, that defined in me who I was. And mm-hmm. I remember when the gospel penetrated and said, "You're not defined by a bottom line, up or down." You know, there are many right. years where that was a negative bottom line, uh, but once I saw that the gospel said, "That's not your identity," uh, suddenly I was released. So. This is becoming a financial peace university um, <laughs> counseling. Yeah, um, you know, and he, he's kind of named that workshop correctly, isn't he? What we really want is peace. We think we want more money or lower taxes. I take lower taxes. Um, but, but what we really want is peace. Definitely agree with what she says in that email. I think there are seasons when we really, really struggle, and we know families like this. And, and you know, back when we were, you know, we came to <laughs> – we came to the city we live in, or we lived in right after you finished dental school, with exactly zero in our bank account. And how we were going to get money to put down on that first house we rented was a major concern. We had two little children, so I, you know, I don't want to at all lessen or negate what she was saying in that email. It's a very real thing for people. Um, it could certainly be a season of your life, um, but hopefully, you know. <laughs> There, like Carol's saying, if you can take a look at everything that's going on and really be honest and assess what it is you truly can afford and cannot afford, um, then you know you can begin to make better decisions from that standpoint than if you're shoving things in the dark corners and hoping they don't, you know, they don't come up. <laughs> so, yeah, and they always do. <laughs> yeah, always. right. All right, well, Carol, I think that um, I'm going to wrap up this part with you here just so we have a good, clean ending um, and just do a few things, and then we can stop the recording. Uh, Carol, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on Homeschooling in Real Life. Uh, If you could remind our listeners in your own voice uh, where they can find you and some of the services you offer to homeschoolers, uh, where would that be? Yeah, well, thanks, Fletch. Um, sure, my podcast is dollarsandcentsshow.com, and cents is spelled like common sense. That's why I podcast about money. But I also podcast about helping uh, homeschool organizations over, um, and my website there is homeschoolcpa.com. 
And then um, I have another website called Micro Business for Teens, which is a, a curriculum I wrote to help teenagers start their own micro businesses, although I get a lot of parents and especially homeschool moms that like to run very tiny businesses called micro businesses, and they like to visit micro business for teens as well. Um, listeners, I cannot stress this enough. Um, if you get a chance to head over to the ultimateradioshow.com, look at the dollar and cents radio show. Um, this summer, she had two series on how to teach kids about managing money, and then Carol did a second one about how to teach teenagers and recent grads about money. Now, you know from the homeschooling in real life uh, discussions, that's our wheelhouse right now. We have kids in high school, we have kids in college, and we have recent grads. And Carol's uh, two podcasts there have been fantastic just for me to listen through, and I want you guys to head over and listen to them as well. Carol, thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to having you back. You're welcome. Thanks. Have a great day. All right. We want to thank Carol again for being on this episode with us. We love Carol Toppin. We're so glad to be able to podcast with her over at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Kenji, any last thoughts on this topic? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Fletch, one of the things that we're not good at in our American culture, and, and I know we have listeners all over the world, but just speaking as as Americans, and I don't know what it is about the church here, too, we're not very transparent about our finances. That's still a hush-hush subject. Um, and I think that doesn't bode well for our kids. I think we need to be having these conversations very real with our kids. They need to know that that $20 you handed over to Jack today to be able to pay for dinner tonight, that comes from a source. And what is that? And how are we managing that? And how are we doing that? Yeah. And I I will say, boy, you just reminded me of something that I am so glad to go to a church where we talk about this topic of hope shifting. And, And, you know, we talk about it on this show all the time. But I can remember the first time at our church where someone got up and shared a financial struggle out loud. And, you know, being in debt is the new version of porn, Mm. you know, as far as being trapped in sin. Um, We've heard that said before um, by several of our, our friends in church leadership that, you know, it's the new thing that we hide that we're in debt up to our eyeballs. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that story that Carol shared uh, about the woman with just an endless number of credit cards and you and I just cringe and our stomach tightens, that that's a reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fletch, you know, our goal here at homeschooling IRL is always, always, always pointing people to Jesus and the freedom we have there. So if finances is your thing, that's really got you in bondage or that you're shifting hope to or onto or whatever it is, you know, we're for your freedom. That's that's why we're having this discussion. Yeah, exactly. All right, this was another fun episode. Uh, next week, what do we have coming up? We're going to be discussing homeschooling when our kids don't love it. So it's actually called I Love Homeschooling, but my kids don't. And this is kind of two parts to this, right? There's the part of uh, the the woman that wrote into us that mm-hmm. said we want to homeschool, but our was it our elementary school or yeah. junior high kid, fifth grader, I think it is, said I do not want to be homeschooled. And so she was saying, you know, what do we do when we want to do this and our kids don't? So we thought that's a good one, but we have our own stories about. Um, <laughs> uh, but matter of fact, the kids are traveling with us in Phoenix. Yeah. How he was sure he needed to do the public school thing. Yeah, so we'll tell that story as well. So if you want to reach out to us, you can get us on email info at homeschoolingirl.com. If you want to get us on Facebook, 
Facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. And our Twitter handle is at homeschool IRL. And we would love to hear from you. Don't forget, swing by our sponsors, Hedgewood.com. Check out their planners for your school year. And if you'd also go by carolinescoffee.com, order some coffee. Tell them Fletch and Kendra sent you. Use the code HIRL for 10% off any coffee. Thanks for listening. This is Jackie Card. You have been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about the show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them on iTunes. Part of it was letting go of some fear. Sure. And there's more to that, but we're not going to go into it yeah. on this episode. And we're not here to say, hey, rah, 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 you should put your kids in a charter homeschool program. Nope. That's not what we're saying. We're just showing you kind of where our journey and what we have chosen to do. And, you know, Fletch, I, I told you before we recorded this episode that recently when I spoke... Um, at a convention, I took my mic off during the Q&A and I looked at them and I said, I don't want this recorded because I, I think you guys can hear my heart. I don't know that our listeners necessarily could hear our heart and see it in our eyes and have that discussion with us over a microphone in their earbuds. Yeah. So that is a conversation that we could sit down and have, I think, across the table even if you disagreed with us at right. the end. Right, right, right. You right. could hear our hearts in this. Um, so... All that to say that if you are of the mindset that says, look at my tax dollars are going into the government school system, I'm going to avail myself of what I have put in yeah. and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take that opportunity out. I will take what the charter schools are offering um, for homeschoolers. Then that is an option. Um, if not, if you are dead set on not doing anything with the government and not partnering, we hear you. We understand that. Thank we were you. there. Yeah. We were there. Um, and there, who's to say we wouldn't be there again? That's just, you know, I, we're, we're not we're not pro either side. Yeah. We are we are understanding of both sides. Um, but every there are, kid, every year. Yeah. That's how we make our decisions in education. Mm-hmm. Every child, every year. We might have a child who this isn't going to work for. Yeah. Because of one reason or another, they need to be in our home. Yeah, and exactly. And we'll keep them in our home. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they get our heart. And Desiree, you asked us specifically, you know, um, what are some of the good decisions people have made? For a lot of people, this might not be a good decision. Sure. But for the Fletchers, this was a good decision. That's why we're yeah. sharing it. So, um, yeah, this is just another one. And and by being there, there's zero expenses. Right. Zero Right. In fact, um, they were even given laptops because some of their classes are online, so therefore they have to provide them a Google, yeah. a Chromebook. <laughs> and we said, Although we do have fabulous. to drive there. So there is a yeah. gas expense that we didn't have. <laughs> right, but, right. Um, but the what's come from that on the side has been great relationships. Oh, yeah. Uh, with people that don't know Jesus. Yes. And we've really had the opportunity to get to know them. So enough of that you think is enough on that? I hope so. And I, you know, we didn't give, we didn't give point by point steps or anything on how to create a homeschool budget. 
But I think when you're looking at your entire household budget, there does need to be a line item that's, you know, schooling or school related, because even if you can do everything for free, you know, even if you're creating curriculum from the library, uh, using websites like homeschoolcreations.com, which is our friend Yolanta Herb, she's got tons of free printables on there that are fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Homeschool Creations. Um, you know, even if you're doing all of that, you're going to want to take your kids on a field trip now and again, you know, and that costs money. Uh, I know there's expensive ones in our, in our region, the Monterey Bay Aquarium is expensive, you know, and then there are less expensive field trips. Let's go out and hike around a pond. That's free, you know, but you're going to want to do something, uh, at least a couple of times a year that will cost money. So you need a line item for that. Okay. So financial fear, the homeschool budget. Um, you young homeschool families that are looking ahead, um, look ahead, you know, yeah. grab like this young couple that asked us, uh, earlier, grab an older homeschool couple, ask them, Hey, what should we be aware of what's coming up? Um, and then just realize if you had asked us 19 years ago, we had a different attitude towards everything and realize we had a naive attitude. Things <laughs> may change yes. in your life. Yeah. Uh, it might be a Mighty Joe and a Caroline and a Lola going through uh, some crazy health things that, mm-hmm. that wake you up to maybe some different realities like yeah. that happened to us. So great discussion. Let's wrap that up there. All right. As always, you can reach out to us if you want to carry on this discussion a little more. And maybe this week they want to talk to us more than ever based on some of the stuff <laughs> we've said. So uh, Facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. Tweet to us at Homeschool IRL. And if you want to email us like a lot of these uh, folks have been doing in the last couple weeks, info at homeschoolingirl.com. Kendra, what do we have coming up in the rest of this Financial Fear series? Yeah, I'm excited because we are going to just continue to answer Desiree's questions. Our next episode is on college and how do you pay for that if that's in your kid's future. And then the last episode to wrap up this series is going to be about finances and hope shifting. Really good discussion. Something we love to talk about. You know, coming further down the pike, we have our 100th episode. We're going to have a little bit of a celebration. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about this question. Does mom have to be the teacher? Um, we have a great couple we're interviewing um, on part of another series we've done on homeschooling in uh, New York City. Um, this one is going to be homeschooling uh, in Alaska. Yeah. yeah. They did a road trip last summer and talked about homeschooling out of a trailer while they were uh, traveling to Alaska. And not only that, but what's next for that family. So that'll be a fun, just an absolute fun one. We know these people in real life. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, loving the unlovable kid. Ooh, and then to continue that same series, we have a very close set of friends that live in Hawaii. And it's going to be homeschooling in Hawaii, which is pretty much the story of what I'd love to do. So that wraps up the show for this week, Kendra. Um, we have been handing out our personal handles on Twitter in case people want to reach us. If they want to reach you, Kendra E. Fletcher. And if you want to reach me, at The Mango Times. Same on Instagram, Fletch, because lots of people are, you know, clicking the double heart. Well, hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life. Don't forget, do us a couple favors. Head to iTunes, leave a review, uh, subscribe there. Head on over to patreon.com and become a patron of ours and go to carolinescoffee.com. Use the code HIRL. Um, help support our supporters. And we just want to thank all of the individual patrons that are supporting homeschooling in real life. We could not do this without you. We'll talk to you next week. 
you've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com. 